This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. I don't know if you know, but our show is locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. It's the world's car radio show. It has a throttle. It'll be featured on our show, on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is Our Auto Expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. And she wasn't a truck girl, Jen, this morning. In fact, very, very predictably, she showed up in my driveway, and before she almost got out of the truck... Her camera was out taking pictures of the Corvette, which was in my driveway. And although it was covered in fog and rain and the windows were all fogged up, she just couldn't help herself, could you? No. It, just, it was just glistening in the rain. Yeah, it was foggy and wet and nasty, and she's taking pictures of it. It's gorgeous. I said, you know, after the show today, it gets all sunny. It's fine. I'll just have more photos. <laughs> <laughs> promise you it'll look a lot better later on. It's just an amazing car. And she wept on the way in today. I, I got up super early this morning. I was like, ah, I can't wait. Well, you were late, though. I, well, that wasn't my fault. This traffic delay. Yeah, I, I thought you would have been up at the crack of dawn and you'd been sitting out my sa- my, outside my house just... Well, I had to wait till you actually got up. So. <laughs> there was that. <laughs> I've been outside your house since dawn. S- well, it's so dark, too, now in Looking the at your car. Yeah. It's the best ever. It's your goal, isn't it, to own a Corvette C8, the new one? Yeah, that and a 57. Those are my two goals. All right. Yeah. A truck girl gen no longer, Corvette girl gen. Well, it's either trucks or supercars, one or the other. Trucks or supercars. (laughs) We'll be getting to that later on the show. What else is on the show today, I hear you ask? It's going to be fun. Carl Pauly is going to be here. He's from Honda. There is a new Honda Civic. You may think that the Civic may not be one of the hottest cars in the country, but yet you would be wrong if you thought that because you look at places like California and you look at some of the smile states. The Civic is still one of the hottest cars in the United smile States. states. Yeah, around the edges. Where is that? Which that that's, that's what they're so called. Cute. Jen. Everybody never, calls them the smiles. Never states, heard yeah. that. Well, that's because yeah. they're happy because it's sunny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I need that's to move right. there. Well, it's not always sunny at the top of the smile. No. The northwest. Then that would the be northeast. a face. Well, <laughs> but you still have to count the bottom. They're called the smile states. If you look at them all together, they're a smile. That's funny. I've never heard that. Yeah, the smile states, uh, the Honda Civic is very big. And in California, it's huge. Oh, yeah. Honda Civic, uh, I think it's the number one car in uh, in California. It's huge. And there's a new Honda Civic, a brand new one. They just showed off the prototype. Uh, we'll be hearing all about that. Harvey Briggs joining us to talk about his book. He wrote a book on Rolls-Royce. And he spent a lot of time. If there's somebody in your family that is about craftsmanship, about beauty, about the love of their job, you want to you want to tune in for this because it's going to be an absolutely amazing interview. We're also going to be talking about that C8. Shad Belch going to join us from uh, General Motors. He is the Corvette guy. He well, is. A, he just got his personal. He vet. did, and we're going to talk about his personal vet mm-hmm. and my personal vet, and we're going to have the battle of the vets. Mm-hmm. Mike Cordell is joining us. He's the other half of our auto expert, and we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, and we got caught in a in a sort of never-ending sort of, I guess you'd call sinkhole today. Jen and I started talking about the best 
Christmas, best holiday car movies. Yeah. And then we just couldn't stop talking about it. We were like, oh, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? So what are the best holiday car movies? Well, we'll have that discussion. Plus, SEMA never happened this year, which is the aftermarket show, which normally happens uh, this time of year in Vegas. It mm-hmm. was postponed due to the virus. We'll talk about what you would have seen at SEMA. And we'll also talk about uh, a little bit about Broncos. And some of the new Broncos, the old Broncos. We're going to talk about a charity which honors military uh, veterans and uh, the military friends of ours. The vice president of uh, that charity joining us. Uh, Anton Woolman's going to talk to us about Tesla. We have an amazing uh, database that shows us all of the crashes that Tesla have had. And are they significant? It's interesting how they're grouped together. There's been several runs. You can look at the same type of crashes happen one after the other and then suddenly stop. Very interesting. And Perry Stern talking about the new Wrangler 392, um, which is a super interesting um, vehicle. They've sort of started to put bigger, more performance engines in the Wrangler. And I could tell you why, because at the time, uh, the guy who was in charge of Jeep uh, a, a few a year or two ago was had, had been in, the char- in charge of Dodge. Mm-hmm. And he went to Jeep, and he kind of did the Dodge treatment on Jeep. Now he's back at Dodge. Uh, Tim Kaniskas was the president of Jeep for a while, and you start to notice all these Jeeps coming out, which have super powerful engines. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that Jeep started to get those. Now he's back at Dodge. He sort of gave the Dodge treatment to Jeep, so we'll talk all about he's that. He's one of my favorites. And also a little bit about what I've been driving as well. But let's uh, let's jump over to talk about uh, this vehicle that you may be under the misconception that um, the Honda Civic may be in that generation of vehicles that is not uh, doing so well because it is a sedan, but you would be completely wrong if you thought that. They sell over 300,000 of them every year. It's the number one seller in California. It's definitely in the top five in most states, including places like Indianapolis, Illinois. It's a huge seller, even places that have snow. It's a favorite of millennials. It's a favorite of people who are looking for Uh, Some performance, some economy, and yet some dynamic driving. Uh, The Honda Civic is still a car that is beloved in the United States. Uh, And yet there is still a new version coming. We have seen the prototype. Carl Pulley is here from Honda. Uh, Carl still has a massive lifeline in the Civic while its competitors are flailing a little bit. What is the secret sauce? Well, um, I, I think that with, with the Civic, and, and, and thanks for the tee-up, we've actually sold 1.5 million Civics since the current generation went on sale in 2015, and it is the number one selling car, passenger car of any type, in the U.S. for the last four years in a row. So, yes, the, 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 the compact sedan sales are still very strong for Honda, and particularly for uh, the Civic. Um, it's incredibly relevant today, as you've mentioned. It's the number one vehicle for millennials, number one for multicultural buyers, and number one for new car buyers. So um, we still see there's a huge, huge market for uh, a compact sedan like the Civic. And with other manufacturers leaving the segment, it's just meaning that we get far more market share and, and greater sales. So the challenge for us, with creating a brand new Civic is really uh, don't mess it up because we've obviously been doing very, very well. 
um, I think that people really, um, really resonated with the styling of, of the current generation Civic. And we like to kind of consider a kind of a playful, sporty, youthful style. And those of you, uh, those of your listeners that have seen images of the 11th generation prototype will see that it's drastically different, but it's still very sporty and youthful, but it, in a more sophisticated way. So um, I think that the Civic has always been relevant because it's changed with the times, it's pushed the boundaries of styling, and it's really connected with um, the purchasers are looking for uh, a, a great handling, roomy, um, compact sedan. There is the other mistake that you can make with vehicles, and, I, and there are several car companies that have done this, is you don't change it enough and it becomes stagnant and where people go, well, it's, it just, it's, it's the same. It's the same. I mean, people do things. There are car companies that do things like, oh, well, we've, we've flipped the grill. We've made, we we've made a, color. You know, we have a bigger opening at the bottom and a smaller yeah. opening at the top. And we flipped them around and we made them the opposite this year. And I'm looking at it going, I can't tell. <laughs> I mean, if I can look at a car and I, there was one year that there was sort of an Audi A6 and A7. And I could look from year to year and I honestly couldn't tell the difference. And I had to be pointed out what the differences were. And, and those vehicles usually are very distinct. I couldn't tell the difference. If you can't tell the difference, you, you fall into the same boat, don't you? Exactly. And, and then I think that the, the current generation, when we launched it in 2015, was, was quite groundbreaking with regards to its styling. Uh, it, it really was quite drastically different from any of the other offerings. But we have seen over the years that other manufacturers have kind of clued into to that styling and, and you get these kind of derivatives of the Civic styling. So we needed to break out from that and go our own way. And uh, one of the things of note is that the designers looked back at past Civics and, and they kind of took some styling cues from, you know, all the generations of Civic. And so the new styling has that very low, wide stance, but a very thin body and an open greenhouse. So yeah. it, it's interesting that your viewers and, and perhaps you, Nick, that have seen it in images, it looks quite a bit larger than the current generation yeah. Civic, but actually that's a kind of trick of the eyes and the styling because it's fundamentally the same size, just a tad longer at about an inch. It's the same width, the same height, uh, and the rear track is just slightly wider, but fundamentally it's the same size as the current one. It definitely looks more grown up. It looks more adult, little, a little, little bit more like the Accord, but it does look a, a little bit sort of, uh, I can say, if you're saying it's about the same size, there is an optical illusion there. Uh, Carl, in the last uh, minute or so we have left, when is it going to be, when are we going to see the actual vehicle as opposed to the prototype? Uh, well, we'll start seeing the sedan, uh, which is the body style that we've shown with the prototype in late spring of next year. We will be following up with a hatchback variant. We will, of course, have our SI performance version. And then, of course, for those enthusiasts that like performance, we will absolutely have a Type R variant of the 11th generation of Civic, and that's to come too. And we'll probably see a final car hitting the market next fall. Is that a good guess? Um, for the Type R, we'll, we'll, we'll announce that later, but certainly the first a vehicle that you'll see in the flesh at dealerships will be the sedan, and that will be late spring. 
Excellent. The uh, the new Honda Civic prototype, of course, you could Google it and see it or go to Honda's website. I'm sure there'll, there'll be some images there, but uh, congratulations. Definitely an optical illusion. I can't wait to see it in the flesh. And of course, the current Civic is, uh, is also on sale as well. You can even buy the current Type R. Unfortunately, I think all the special editions are, are sold out, but uh, there'll probably be more special editions of Hondas to come. Carl Pauly from Honda, thank you very much. More Our Auto Expert on the way. Stand by. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Now, this is Our Auto Expert radio show. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can start a conversation with us. Just ask us a car question. Direct messages at Our Auto Expert. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. If you can't own a Rolls-Royce, you probably want to write a book about one. That's what Harvey Briggs did. And uh, his book is called Rolls-Royce Motor Cars, Making a Legend. Hopefully, Harvey, you made a legend with your book. Uh, now, <laughs> did Rolls-Royce gift you a car for writing a book about them? Oh, one could only hope. I'm just, I'm hoping that someday a spirit of ecstasy shows up for my desk. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's not that too would, much to ask, is it? But I, you know, why not? I was there in the factory where they make them. I got to see the process, and it's such a beautiful piece of artwork. It is. I've been to the factory. It's it's almost a place you can't spend one day at. I mean, I could spend one day in the room where you customize your Rolls Royce, where you bespoke your Rolls Royce. There are so many drawers. There are so many cubbies of leathers, of woods, of silks, of materials, of paint samples. You, I could spend hours just feeling, touching, going through them of wheel finishes. It it's almost like being it's a kid just in be- a candy it's, store. I mean, yeah, but that's yeah. it's almost too juvenile to be there. I mean, it's it's a yeah. thing of like it's I guess it's like being in a store where you're making the ingredients for the perfect cake. Very very much so. And that's the thing that I think we wanted to capture in this book is how much goes into the making of these cars and the level of skill that the people who make them have. It was really a fascinating process for me. So tell us a little bit about writing the the book. How did the idea come? Why did you decide to do that? First of all, is it your first book? It is. It's only taken me 60 years, but I finally wrote a book. (laughs) That's awesome. Congratulations. (laughs) Did did you think, because you're a marketing guy, uh, you know, you came from a background of making commercials, TV commercials for General Motors and many others. Did you think this was the book that was inside you your whole life? Um, No, actually, it kind of came out of left field. Obviously, you and I both know Rolls-Royce very well. We've been involved with um, testing their cars over the past few years. But, uh, you know, if you had told me 20 years ago that I was going to spend two weeks in uh, Goodwood researching and meeting people and interviewing and uh, and, and then writing this book with my co-author, Simon Van Boy, I would have said, no way. (laughs) I just, it wasn't even in, in, in my, you know, in my scope of possibilities. So why did you decide to do it? I mean, how did it come about? Did, was well, it was suggested it, it, to you? It's one of those things that happens when you just say yes to things. And um, right. years ago, a friend of mine introduced me to Simon, the co-author on the book. 
And he was approached a few years ago by the publisher in the UK who said, hey, we'd love to do a book on Rolls-Royce. Simon, would you write it for us? And Simon said, well, that would be great, but I don't know anyone at Rolls-Royce. And he knew that I did, and so he called me, and we came up with six different ideas for the book, pitched them to the publisher. Uh, the publisher picked this one, which um, was really, you know, Simon's idea. The, the, he was fascinated by the people who make the cars, and that's what we wanted to focus on. And then serendipity got involved when uh, in launch, um, in, in Jackson Hole, they had pictures of all the associates who made the cars in the briefing room. And um, I just mentioned to Richard Carter that we were kicking around this book idea. And he said, well, why haven't I heard about this yet? Let's go. Let's make this thing. And literally the next day, we were on the phone hammering out the details. You know what I noticed being at the home of Rolls-Royce in Goodwood was the individuals who make these vehicles are very beautiful themselves. They are, I mean, and I'm not talking necessarily in a physical way, but they are such perfect individuals in so many ways. They are so controlled, so so personally in control of themselves and, and so beautiful as people, even, you know, all different shapes and sizes. I mean, they, they are just so wonderful as individuals. Were you able to bring that out in the book? Yeah, that's really what we what we tried to do. We sat down with about forty of the different um, of the two thousand uh, craftspeople who work there, uh, whether they're assembly associates or woodworkers or leather people, and we spent at least an hour with each of them, interviewing them, getting to know them, where they came from why, uh, you know, what it means to them to work at a place like Rolls-Royce and, and what it feels like when they see the product of their work on the road uh, with such a special car. So it was really interesting to get deep and to see all the different types of people who are here. You know, they do have right. 2,000 associates and they range in age from their uh, apprentices who are in their late teens and early 20s up to, you know, yeah. the, the person you would imagine if you closed your eyes and thought of a Rolls-Royce craftsman, the older, you know, British gentleman yeah. who, you know, has that. So you have right. the full range. It's really incredible. All right. In the last minute we have left, two quick questions for you. Who's going to buy this book? This book is really for anybody who appreciates craftsmanship and the art, the, the quickly you know, disappearing art of hand craftsmanship, and obviously people who love automobiles. It's This book is about the people more than it is about the cars. So you're going to get into some stories about how the car is made and where, where the people come from. And tell us again, Harvey, the name of the book, where we can buy it, and uh, and how we can buy it. Thank you, Nick. The book is Rolls-Royce Making a Legend, and it is available on bookshop.org or amazon.com currently uh, for pre-order. It will be shipping on December 7th, so plenty of time for Christmas. I, I can think of a lot of people that this would make a perfect uh, present for, and they're not just those people that own a Rolls-Royce, some people who want a Rolls-Royce, but especially those people that spend a lot of time doing things to perfection and craftsmanship That's as well. Gorgeous. I think it's... I, I, I can't stop 
turning the pages, although it's in a digital form in front of me, just turning the pages and looking at some of these people out of history who are doing the same jobs maybe 50 years ago that people are doing today. Harvey, this is an amazing achievement. Congratulations. And anybody that wants to, yeah, it's just absolutely some of this. Uh, it's flawless, and, flawless. And Harvey you Briggs. should be getting your hard copy of the book very soon. Excellent. Stand by. More to come. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is Our Auto Expert Radio Show. Our Auto Expert on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us. Just ask us the question. Direct messages at Our Auto Expert. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Car companies don't always nail new vehicles. They get a lot of it right. They spend a lot of time doing research. They spend a lot of time doing clinics with a lot of those people that will be buying the vehicles. They spend a lot of time road testing, millions and millions and millions of miles. And there's often little things, little bits and pieces that they discover a little bit down the road that don't always work like they do it. I always tell everybody, wait for the mid-cycle refresh. They always iron out the little kinks, and it's always a lot better. That is not the case with the new C8. The new C8 is one of the vehicles that was nailed the first time out. I have to say, I'm always really easily, uh, I easily find something that could have been straightened out you know, the first time round. It's not the case with the new C8. In fact, it is one of the most uh, well-balanced sports cars that I have ever driven. Uh, some things that I like more than others, but I'll tell you one of the things I think they completely nailed it, and I am not sure why any other car company has not done it, is the, uh, the steering wheel. It is not a round steering wheel. Uh, I would call it a square steering wheel. I'm sure mm -hmm. there's probably a technical uh, name for the <laughs> steering wheel. Uh, the the way the driver is positioned, the comfort of it, the the power, the stability, the acceleration. There is no brain function needed to drive it. <laughs> the car is, uh, you know, a lot of times you get these super supercars, and and this is now a classed as a supercar in my eyes. That a lot of these supercars you have to work very hard to drive because you can get into trouble super quick. And I haven't had that problem with the, the new Corvette Stingray C8. Uh, it is so well balanced. Every single Thanksgiving uh, that we celebrated recently, uh, I go to my friend's house, John Takex, and one of the things I do is always take a, an amazing sports car. We've had uh, Audi, um, we've had you know Audi supercars, we've had lots of different things, and we've done zero to 100 miles an hour in seven seconds, and we've done lots of things. And out of every car that I've taken over the last 15 years, he said the C8 was the most exciting car, the most stable car that he has ever, ever been in. And so that is a huge thumbs up. And so we would thought we'd have another C8 owner come on with us. He also happens to work, quite strangely, for Chevrolet, <laughs> Shad Balch. So, Shad, I uh, was watching your video of you driving. I think it was Rodeo Drive. Was mm -hmm. that where you were driving with your C8? <laughs> I watched that, too. <laughs> it sure was. Yep, just cruising down, enjoying the nice Southern California sunny day. Yeah, everybody hates you for that, by the way. We're all suffering rain and sleet and yeah, all but suffering that, sunshine. Yeah, but that looks beautiful in the rain, too, so <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, uh, you, uh, have you been out of your uh, C8 since you received it? I've not really. I mean, I, I've come up with 
quite a few interesting reasons about why I need to go drive somewhere. I mean, everything is shut down, but that doesn't matter. There's always a place to go. <laughs> so well, let's be honest, you are even socially. Even need to put braking miles. Right, you are socially distanced inside your CA. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, you could you can go it wherever you want. You want people all to see alone. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, you you really did nail it. I mean, you, obviously the awards shelf is having to be expanded. Uh, that's that's pretty obviously happening but uh this is one of the cars that you absolutely nailed it first time out right yeah the team really did and it's interesting when you look back at sort of the development history and the way that the production corvette team worked side by side with the racing team to develop the new c8r you could really see the amount of technology transfer that the racing team input into the production team and i think that's what really gave it the whole good package because you could have the designers do a good look on the exterior you could have a good interior update but when you have all of that combined with the performance aspect of it and this is the base model car zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds almost 200 miles top speed about 500 horsepower it's the perfect package streamy I mean, it does. It does amazing things. It does amazing things. I have to tell you, and it's comfortable. One of the advantages of doing the show from the radio station here is the Our Auto Expert Suite is on the third floor, and it overlooks the parking lot of the radio station. So we can see where we parked, and I can see where I parked the C8, and it is incredible to watch the flow of traffic, even today on the weekend, of people pull up into the parking lot. <laughs> which is pretty much empty. There's like six cars in the parking lot. Park right next to it, get out, walk around, take pictures, kick the tires, you know, and gen- my finger's on the alarm button because I'm like, yeah, dude, be uh, careful. Um, and, you know, just like, like, t- like take pictures, put the head against the glass, look inside, and it's an endless flow. It's one of those cars, and I would say I'm, a, I'm about 100 yards back from the street. I don't know how they're seeing the car parked this far. I mean, it is bright orange. I'm going to give you that. But it's parked behind two other cars. Like, you'd have to really see it from the street. And it attracts that much attention. People are seeing this vehicle, and they're driving in and and taking pictures. And they're spending 20, 25 minutes each, like, looking, walking around the car. It is an icon of attraction. and Even just from seeing it on the street. So, So Thanksgiving day when I had the vehicle, I'm driving up a a road called Johnson Creek here where we live and we come past a store and there is uh, five cop cars parked on the side of the road with all their lights flashing. They got somebody like uh, who was on a a push push bike and they got it. They got him like they're all standing around him talking to him. And there is there's two cops to a car. So that's 10 cops standing on the side of the road, 10 heads turned as I drove past them. And that's the power of the C8. That, that's exactly what this vehicle does. It just has an attraction for people. Did they expect that when they designed this vehicle? Well, it's very interesting you say that because there's only so many things you can do design-wise when you make a mid-engine vehicle. It's sort of like an electric car. Electric cars all have that jelly bean kind of look, right? And it's the same with mid-engine cars. When you put the engine from the front to the back, it's going to have certain proportions. But what the, the Chevrolet team did so well was they, they kept it Corvette. And I think that's what you see when people walk up to it, they look at it, and they wonder, what is this? They recognize things. It's, it looks like an Italian supercar, but it's distinct, distinctively American. It is distinctively Corvette. The minute you get to the front, you see the, the lines that have always been on Corvette. That is what 
the team did to just knock it out of the ballpark. It, it, it is Corvette, but completely different. Yet it's the, a third of the price of a Lamborghini. Right. Ew, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know there was a lot of of criticism about the rumored mid-engine Corvette going into it and that when we finally did it, that it was going to be priced out of people's range and it was going to do this and do that, and how could we? <laughs> and I think when we, when we showed it, we gave the performance numbers and then we announced the price. There was this just this, you know, this big gasp, that this collective gasp, and everybody yeah. was, was very overwhelmed and grateful over the fact that, okay, this is still a Corvette. This right. is America's sports car. I remember sitting at a dinner table when even just the mid-engine portion was announced uh, several years ago when people said, you know, the, the, the new Corvette will be a mid-engine. And I remember another, another journalist sitting opposite me going, why? Why? Why are they doing a mid-engine? <laughs> Why? What's the point? What? This is a truck company. Chevrolet is a truck company. And I just kept my mouth shut, you know, because you, usually car companies, and this is a pretty much a stable thing, car companies don't do things that are stupid because you don't waste money. Like, you don't have endless budgets to do things. You only do things that are work. You do plenty of research. You test vehicles for millions of miles to make sure you're doing the right thing. So we knew that you knew something that we didn't know. And you were right. You were absolutely right with this, and you nailed it, and you absolutely nailed it. And hopefully, you'll be nailing it for many years to come as well. But what sort of, uh, what goes, what do you do from here, though? That's the biggest problem. You kind of nailed it, so now what happens with this vehicle? Because uh, it looks like you know there's the perfect vehicle I mean I know we say everyone can go out and buy one now but the next generation or the next portion of the puzzle has yet to be revealed so where does Corvette go from here yeah well we're just starting to build the the 2021 model year and of course everything has been messed up due to the pandemic but uh, we're finally moving into the 2021 model year and there are no real changes between the two years. It's just a model year changeover. Even the price is staying the same. I think we have a, a, a few color options and wireless CarPlay and Android Auto connectivity. But um, in terms of future variants, I mean, you know the corporate line, Nick, I can, I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny any rumors. <laughs> On my last day, I'll give all the secrets. Right. I mean, I'll, you know, I mean, ultimately, I mean, we know that there's what's happened in history, but there's been, you know, other variants of the vehicle historically. Um, so we're expecting that there would be the same thing to happen with this, even though you can't talk about it, but we would expect that to happen. Yeah. And, and I think that goes back to your earlier point about why mid-engine. And it's because when we did the, the C7, the last C7, the ZR1, uh, that was about as much as you can get out of a front engine vehicle in terms of performance. Yeah. And so the, the answer to the question is, is very simple. It's because if you want a, a faster, better car, you've got to start reconfiguring things. And so we have a lot of options now. And while we just have, you know, the, the base model with the Z51 performance package is the current, you know, what you can do, what you can get, there are a lot of options after moving that, that engine to the back of the car. And, I mean, you can just see, you can just imagine components and things, where they might go, where they might fit in the current platform. So... I think that there's a lot to pay attention to coming up. I have to tell you a couple of things. First, of th first thing is, when I went on the launch of this vehicle, I thought I'd learned everything I had to learn about it. I was absolutely wrong. Having it in my driveway for uh, just under a week, I have plenty more. I've learned so much more about the vehicle. It just, it, it's phenomenal. And do not take my word for it. 
if you think you know everything about performance cars, you've ridden in them, you've driven them, you have not experienced it until you've driven this brand new C8. Chad, congratulations on owning one of the best performance cars I've ever driven. Everyone else, go out and test drive one. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Your smart speaker can be your radio. Just say, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri. Play our auto expert radio show. And all the previous episodes of the podcast are available. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles. This is our auto expert radio show where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I don't know if you're into vegan food, but if you own a brand new Toyota or Lexus, vegan food may be at your fingertips. Uh, veganism uh, is a product of... Obviously not eating or being involved in any animal products. And in the United States, it's on the rise. In fact, a study earlier this year uh, showed that 9.6 million Americans are now vegans, representing about 3% in total of the population, about 300% increase in the last 15 years. Toyota knows this trend, and it hopes to provide the best service to customers and uh, partners with Happy Cow to assist vegan customers with the use of a mobile technology. According to Vegan News, the uh, habits of people using veganism, Happy Cow is now an online platform which will help you in your brand new uh, Toyota or Lexus product. You can actually find vegan or vegetarian restaurants across the U.S., with a new partnership, uh, Toyota and Lexus will have in all of their 2020 vehicles and newer. They will be equipped with a destination assistance feature that may help users use Happy Cow to find suitable places to dine near the proximity of the vehicle. Also, an interesting thing came to light this week. We know about the new company called Stellantis. If you've missed this piece of information and news, Stellantis is going to be what Fiat Chrysler Automobiles will be called when it merges with Peugeot Citroën, the French company. Uh, Peugeot Citroën is known as PSA. But uh, thanks to some of the guys at uh, the Detroit News European Division, they delved into a 714-page document about the company and this new merger to find out it really wasn't a merger at all. The translation of the document, in fact, shows that the French company, PSA, will technically own one of the Detroit Three, which means that Fiat Chrysler Company will actually be owned by the French. That is tragic. I hate to see the company be owned by the French. In fact, I hate to see anything owned by the French, <laughs> to be honest with you. You know how the English feel about the French. We had 18 wars together. We only lost one. Still bitter about Norman the Conqueror. Uh-huh. I have to tell you that one, too. Uh, all right, that's, uh, that, that's interesting. The other thing is, uh, I've been driving this really... Still bitter about the French, by the way. Uh, the only thing... <laughs> <laughs> the only, the only other thing I have to tell you is I've been driving this uh, really cool new uh, Toyota Sequoia. If you're familiar with a Toyota Sequoia, it's uh, one of the largest SUVs that they have. They have uh, a version called the Nightshade Edition. Yes, do you know, Nightshade. Do you know Nightshade is one of the tomato uh, plants? What? Yeah, tomatoes are the only berry in the Nightshade family that isn't toxic. Did you know that? 
No. All right. Well, you've learned something. Thank you for that. One of the oldest SUVs in North America, (laughs) the Sequoia has been on sale in its second generation in that guise for nearly 13 years. And now Toyota has freshened it up. It's actually based on the Tundra, the full-size SUV based on that truck, is uh, switching to a new paint color dubbed Out of This World with its new Nightshade Edition. It's actually originally unveiled back in February at the Chicago Auto Show, but now it goes on sale. It'll be a 4x2 model, and you'll pay about $60,120, and the 4x4 model will be $63,345. But it's well worth the money because it'll cost you a lot more to add all these extras onto the vehicle if you were to do it post-market or after-market. The sinister-looking trim makes it look like something Dracula might drive. I know we're or me. way... Or you, <laughs> Or you, with your <laughs> I love it. Black fingernails uh-huh. and your weird makeup. Uh, and don't the, forget the Doc Martens. And your Doc Martens, truck right. girl, Jen. Uh, <laughs> they've customized it in the Sequoia with a nightshade edition. Midnight black or metallic gray or blizzard pearl are the colors it comes available in. All featuring a darkened chrome badge with fog lights surrounded by a lower gray grill and body moldings. Inside, a special vision of Toyota's body on chrome SUV features black leather upholstery uh, to round it off with a dark, looming gen style interior. It's amazing. Initially uh, <laughs> announced in early June, the off road ready TRD Pro style vehicle. Uh, used to only come in sort of army green, but now it comes in this midnight edition, which is for the spooky goth type people. Yeah, it's very us. sinister looking. I love it. Now Jen can dye her hair gray or black and be the Morticia Adams with the version of this week. <laughs> Halloween's over. It is already know. gray and black. <laughs> Perfect for the Halloween Mm. lovers who love to be gray and sinister all the way around. Anyway, uh, I've actually really enjoyed this vehicle. I took my version, which is, I have a Lexus version, which is the GX, slightly smaller. And uh, I sort of did a treatment like this to it. I blacked the wheels out. Wow. The only thing that mine has different is it has dog hair and paw prints all over the inside. (laughs) Which uh, is not how I designed it. just sort of accidentally happened when I put muddy, wet, big dogs on the inside. Uh, mm-hmm. But thank God and thank goodness for leather, because otherwise, you know. Oh, I know. Be, uh, it does have the uh, the center um, entertainment display, mm-hmm. which which I realized uh, how much I hate that as a driver. Not I, you know, uh, I I love kids as long as you leave them at home. They're great. But uh, the center entertainment display, when it comes down, you can't see out the back window. So I do prefer them when they're in the seat. Uh, the seat bags. So I have a question. Um, Do you yeah. ever like put stuff on for the dogs? No. No. The only dog I have five dogs, and we have one dog called Joey, who's the beagle. Yeah. One of the, he's the middle one male of beagle. The beagles. One of the beagles. Yeah. He can actually see things on TV. Yeah. So we'll all be sitting on the couch, and all five dogs sit on the couch. If a dog appears on the couch, Joey is uncontrollable. He starts barking at the TV, and then we're all struggling to shut him up. And then, of course, you know what it's like. Well, maybe you don't. But if one starts, they all They're start. They're just like kids. Yeah. Yeah. One st- what? One starts crying? You only yes. Had, you only had one. No, but I've seen people where they have more than one and one starts crying and then they, it's like a domino effect. It is? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. It's just like your dogs. Another reason not to have kids. I st- one and done. Perfection. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Good to know. Yeah. All right. So yeah. those people who don't have that have more than one kids couldn't get it right the first time. <laughs> That's up to them. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm I just, don't judge other people. Uh, I'm honestly. Well, apparently I'm just, you do. Apparently I'm just you saying said you I, got it right. Perfect. I stopped at perfection. That's all. Right. All. all right. Good. Just yeah. good to know. Good to know. <laughs> And uh, and next time, you know, that Jen got it right the first time. All right. Uh, what We got more of the show on the way. Uh, we're going to talk to Mike Cadell about uh, some of the best movies for the holidays and guys who like cars. Can we combine those two things? A little bit about SEMA. We're going to talk about uh, a great charity that Ford have going to honor some of those people that served. We'll talk about some sinister lists that Tesla have or that somebody has put together of all mm -hmm. the Tesla crashes. Uh, and we're also going to talk to Perry Stern about this Jeep Wrangler that has unspeakable power. It's called the Jeep 392. That and more as we continue on our Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated for the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our Auto Expert Radio Show, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, with truck girl, Corvette girl, Jen. <laughs> I'm not sure which you are today. Well, I uh, own two trucks. I'm still truck girl, Jen. You are. You yeah. also have a Camaro, though. Yes. You're, you're, so once I drop you're the two truck, thirds truck girl, Jen. I know. Once I get, you know get the vet, I'll drop the truck. Honestly, your yeah. title's too long now. It doesn't fit on a business card anymore. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> other half of our auto expert is Mike Cordell. He joins us on the phone. Uh, Mike's been uh, having a very, very interesting holiday season. One of the things that uh, Mike texted me this morning was that uh, he wanted to talk about the fact that there are some very interesting holiday car movies and so jen and i started talking about this and before we realized it we'd been into it for about 40 minutes <laughs> talking about because we were arguing i think over it uh mike i have to ask you this question when you sit down to watch car holiday movies is it dudes in one room and and the girls in the other watching like something different or is the whole family together well, it always depends, right? And good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on today. It's always great to spend my Saturdays talking with Truck Girl Jen and Aww. Mr. Nick Miles with the Test Miles team. And <laughs> yeah, right. So, so the holidays are interesting for us, and it you know kicks off really around the, the Thanksgiving. Well, actually, before that, it really kicks off around Halloween, and then we move our way obviously into Christmas. And you know, with SEMA and keeping it automotive, you know, the SEMA show always falls on Halloween. So you start moving from holidays and cars and they mix together and you know whether it's thanksgiving or christmas or even the new year you have so much time together as a family you start thinking about watching television and we're pulling our kids off electronics and you know we're getting them into my son obviously being a car guy so to answer your question it depends on the movie right so uh ford versus ferrari had a theme had a story uh, bullet has a theme and has a story gone in 60 seconds it's more like hey dudes let's go to the other room and just watch all the cool cars <laughs> right. throughout the course of the movie so you know there's a debate though you know there's a and i have debates all holiday season with my friends about which one's the best car chase scene of all time i don't did you and jen talk about that one like which one makes it the best no, no, we, we mostly got into what is a holiday movie and what with isn't cars. a holiday movie with cars. Because, I mean, I think like Christmas Vacation from 1989, that's definitely a holiday movie. Uh, no, the, no. You know, Christmas Story is definitely a holiday car. movie. Which car is in it? 
uh, Christmas Vegas. Oh, I, I can't remember. It's I mean, a 1989. It's a panel wagon. Truckster. Truckster? I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. You're reading that, Jan. I Stop am. cheating. Well, of course. How Stop about the, cheating. How about the It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life with the 1919 Dodge Brothers oh, wait. touring yeah, car? Turn your computer off. Yeah. I bet you couldn't even mention any of these. I just know they're car movies. Uh, there are car. I mean, I wouldn't have said White Christmas was a car movie, though. Uh-uh. I, I don't I don't remember that as a car movie. I didn't say White Christmas. No, I know, but I'm saying <laughs> See, you guys are confusing that you're confusing things. You want to associate cars with holidays. Yeah. I actually right. want to associate cars with the holidays, but not having holidays in the car movies. Yeah, oh, so, okay. so that, See, that's that's so, where you threw us. So I think I think there's this thing is does a holiday movie or is a movie you watch on the holidays about cars have to have a holiday theme or it's just a car movie you'd watch any other time of the year? Any other time. Any right. other time. It's just bringing people together. Yeah, I mean, this is it's funny. We put so much emphasis and there's so much focus and so much family time and everything is around the holidays. And it's, it's super cool. Like even as a kid for me, it was always like, let's get to the tree first thing in the morning and like I'll open stuff. But the, most people don't realize the auto industry from Halloween to Christmas is one of the biggest times of the year for the auto industry because they're transitioning out of, you know, model year vehicles and into new model year vehicles. So if you want a 2020 vehicle, you're transitioning out of it starting in October. The, the dealerships are bringing new cars on the lot. So they're incentivizing the heck out of cars, you know, and you got Toyota, you know, Toyota Thon and you got, you know, Lexus's commercial, you know, there's, there's all these different Christmas holiday themes in the auto industry and it's it's kind of a fun time of the year for the auto industry i did tell you i did watch uh, christmas chronicles and christmas chronicles 2 the over the over the hol- recent holiday and it has this amazing drive chase scene in it with the with a dodge challenger um in it which is amazing which i didn't expect to see in there because i just had it on in the background i really like the dr- right. the scene from what is it six underground with the alpha or- Mayo at the beginning. Have you seen that? No. Oh yeah, you're talking about the one with uh, the Deadpool dude. Yes. That guy. Yeah. You haven't I, seen yeah, that? No. Yeah. Well, yeah, I liked it. It. It, it. It's like a stretch. It's a stretch for a car chase, but we forget about and Nick. This will hit home for you. Italian job, right? Yeah. yeah. I was um, thinking about Italian job. Car scenes. What you know? Italian job was such precision driving. That I, I'm those minis were so much fun, and if they made a mistake, it would have got very wet very quickly. <laughs> but it was uh, that was that was a great go, great car chase. I mean, gone in sixty seconds. Here's the thing: in in like in a lot of a lot of these like car movies nowadays, were, <laughs> some of these franchises were really great when they started. But now when I watch them, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Fast and Furious I is like, yeah. I think I think some of those were great in the beginning, but now when I watch them, I'm like, yeah, that, you couldn't do that. I've driven cars. You it's couldn't, a movie, you, you Nick. couldn't do that. I know, but in the in the first movies, you were like, "Yeah, that's po- totally possible." Now I'm like, "I've tried that. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. You've no tried way. it. There's no way." Yeah, I've tried a bunch of these things. I've tried a bunch of these things, and there's no way you could do it. Not without killing yourself. We need to do Cannonball Run. <laughs> that would be yeah. That that would be fun. Um, hey, so I don't know if you did this a few years in it few years ago, Nick, but when Ford came back with the Mustang Bullet, yeah. they actually retra- they retraced the scene, uh, the car, the famous car trace scene, and you drove those streets in yep. San Francisco in the new Bullet Mustang, yep. and it was really cool to hit those landmarks and kind of see 
you know, and along the route, they would say, you know, this is where the hubcap came off. Yeah. And, so we know, did this is where the taxi was blown up. Yeah, we and, did that. It was really, really cool. I will tell you, uh, there's a, there's a few things that we learned because we had a professor come in from uh, the University of California who told us an awful lot. He studied the film. And he, he, there was there's four or five facts we learned of that film that will blow your mind. First of all, there was no safety gear in the filming of that film, uh, which changed the way. Second of all, it took 12 out of a 20-week schedule of filming the film. 12 weeks were on the, uh, the chase scene, which actually I think was the majority of, of the filming schedule, which was only something like, 20 minutes of the film out of a two-hour film the other thing that we learned about the film was they had uh they had i think the chase scene was 12 cameras or something like 10 cameras and it was really only about three roads and they they show you there's a green vw bug in that chase scene and that's parked and they say you can see it in almost every shot because they're all filmed <laughs> from different car angles. And you don't know that until you actually see it. There are so many things that they pointed out in that whole thing. That the whole thing when he runs into the, to the telegraph pole, they're like, that was supposedly a mistake. It wasn't real. Um, but there's, that was one of the coolest chasings. And to drive those streets was, was very, very cool. We actually saw the original, uh, one of the original cars that's still there. Supposedly they had uh, six or seven uh, Mustangs were in it. But one of the originals was there uh, when we did it. And it still has the little marks on the hood and on the tail uh, of the car, on the trunk of the car, where they had the mounts for the cameras, the, the marks that were still on there. Um, and I, I was, I'd seen Bullet years and years ago, um, like everybody else, uh, but I didn't really pay it that much attention until we were taught all this stuff about the film. And then I went back and watched it and went, oh, wow, I yeah. had no idea. <laughs> so that was really Three cool. more critical facts for you. Okay. Critical fact number one, uh, the final car, Steve McQueen's car that he actually owned, uh, resided right here in Hendersonville, Tennessee, up wow. until a year ago when it was sold for the second pack, which it sold for $1.34 million um, to, an, to a museum house that was going to ho host that vehicle. And the third and most important fact of that movie, the most critical important fact of that movie, is that the best actor in that whole movie was actually the manager of the hotel, who was in the movie for about seven seconds. That guy was the pinnacle of the movie. Why is that? Because that was my grandfather. Oh! <laughs> boom, boom, boom. That's awesome. I'll tell you something else I found out about that movie, too. The uh, the golf ball, uh, sorry, the golf ball, the, the uh, snooker ball, which was the gear shifter in there, Steve McQueen was the one that decided that was going to be in there, and he was the one that approved the design. That's what we learned about that. because he He's the pinnacle of a dude's dude, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Steve McQueen, pinnacle of a dude's dude. Speaking of, uh, of cool cars... So, you know, we were talking about Halloween kind of kicking things off, and I'm headed up to Detroit this week, and, um, you know, the Bronco, you and I, obviously, Nick, were part of the original launch of the three versions of the Bronco, but I'll be in Detroit uh, here Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday uh, getting a sneak peek at what would have been at SEMA. So three aftermarket Ford Broncos, uh, two-door, four-door, and then the Sport, uh, we'll get a chance to see. Uh, I, you know something? <sighs> I can't wait until mine arrives. I bet you can't wait until yours arrive. I've seen pictures of the ones that Ford are launching from the, the SEMA editions. They look absolutely amazing. You're going to do TV segments on them, right? 
Yeah, I'm going to do a couple different TV segments for Fox Sports and uh, the SEMA coverage. So what would have been a SEMA, SEMA coverage, we're going to just do it remotely. And I'll be there checking out those cool rigs, man. It's going to be cool. I'll try and post some of them online to the Our Auto Expert Facebook page uh, when I'm on site because they're really going to be cool. People in the market that are interested in Broncos are going to be digging on these. When you finally thought you'd seen everything you could see about a Bronco, Mike Cordell is going to have just a little bit more and a little bit to just make your mouth a little bit more moist. That's all I can tell you. They look amazing, Mike. I couldn't tell you how jealous I am that you're actually going to see them. They I'm trying to get behind the wheel. Oh, <laughs> I've been told no, but we're gonna try. We're gonna give it. A, we're gonna give it the honest scalp strike. No's never been a word you've taken lightly. Good All right, luck. Mike. Thank you. More hour auto expert on the way. Good luck, buddy. You're listening to our auto expert. with previous episodes of the show at our website ourautoexpert.com you can hear all past shows see us our automotive videos and read insider stories at your next ride our auto expert is where two million americans get their automotive news daily you'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com it's kind of interesting i'm wondering what charities you may be favoring this holiday season of course we have our own charity that we do a lot of work with which is animalrescuerigs.com mike and i have actually worked with a bunch of car companies and currently just finishing up a 2018 Nissan Titan rescue rig. What does uh, rescue rigs do? Well, rescue rigs, actually, we build trucks to help rescue animals during natural disasters. You know, we have plenty of those in the United States. Forest fires were the biggest ones recently. Of course, there are hurricanes and tornadoes. Uh, It doesn't matter really what it is. Those come at a cost to our communities. And the idea is that we donate these rescue rigs to animal rescue organizations to go and get livestock and domestic animals out of harm's way during those nasty times in which nature comes down on our communities, whether it's rescuing horses or livestock from farms or rescuing domestic animals that weren't able to be rescued by the communities that have been struck by these natural disasters. The local community organizations who rescue animals can go in with the rescue rig that we've built and uh, rescue animals from the natural disasters. Now, let's tell you a little bit about the animal rescue rig that we built. Uh, We thanks to Nissan, who donated a 2018 Nissan Titan. We actually took that Titan and we raised it uh, thanks to Hard Notch Customs in Vancouver, Washington. They did a huge amount of work on the vehicle. They uh, put custom bumpers, they designed the vehicle from top to bottom, and uh, the custom bumpers, of course, Hodge Notch Customs in Vancouver are well known for doing custom bumpers on trucks. They designed these bumpers that could uh, really forge the truck through any kind of uh, debris or difficult situation. They designed the custom bumpers to plow through difficult situations, whether it be through water or debris on the road. Uh, They also raised the truck up to get through a water situation. We designed uh, it to have a boat on the roof. The boat is a C3 boat. They cost about $5,000. That was donated by Nissan. Uh, And then uh, as well as having a rig for the boat to sit on, then that sort of rig is a frame that sits in the back of the vehicle that uh, frame the boat sits on so it can be pulled into the water at any time so if the last part of the journey needs to be done with paddles and the boat it can be done through the water 
And then in the back of the vehicle, uh, it has uh, some cages. Those cages are on a slide-out bed. Uh, they can slide out to uh, house the animals that we've rescued. Uh, and then uh, those sort of the cages can be strapped down. The slide-out bed uh, is sort of is a single pull bed that slides all the way out. So lifting the animals into the back and then sliding it back, that works really well. And then on the outside, uh, Linex actually sprayed the whole outside of the vehicle with a spray paint. That spray paint was really kind of cool because it's uh, their ballistic spray paint, which is used for military uh, vehicles. And so it'll take quite a battering. You can actually almost use uh, something like a baseball bat and hit the side of the vehicle. And uh, that protects the vehicle. So a lot of times uh, shrapnel and those sort of things can hit the side of the vehicle and do zero damage to it. So hurricane throwing pieces of wood or bits of debris from a hurricane hitting the side of the vehicle won't damage it. Water damage is uh, very unlikely. The vehicle's been sprayed with animal rescue rigs, bright red, and then it has flashing lights all on the outside. Now, right now, the vehicle, uh, when, when we did the original build, it was a six-inch, uh, six six-foot, that would be really high, six-inch <laughs> lift on the outside of the vehicle. Uh, but we've currently had it lowered, and we're just waiting. It was six inches was a little too high. Mm -hmm. We realized that rescue workers, or even though they were able to drive it through some really, really deep water, six inches was a little too high, so we had it lowered to three inches, and we're now waiting for the final piece in the puzzle, which is tires. Yeah, and I'm once still those, waiting on those. Uh, once those tires arrive, uh, the vehicle will be actually finally ready, and we'll be able to display it off in its final form. Plus, uh, it's made a it made an incredible noise when we drove it. <laughs> Remember, when we drove the vehicle at the six inch lift and those great big thirty seven uh, inch um, tires on it. Oh, yeah. I have a six inch on mine, six inch lift. I think ours did eight by eight miles a gallon. Yeah, seven miles a I gallon. I think I get. I think I get at that too. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I noticed the blind spot didn't work. Uh, we we need to have that adjusted as well because I know I know that the blind spot goes off constantly. You put the signal on and it yeah. thinks because of the lift yeah. and the size of the uh, the hard notch. Put all that framing on the back. As soon as you put the signal on, it thinks something's in your blind spot right. because the vehicle's so big. <laughs> we'll have to adjust a few things on it. But the the light display looks absolutely amazing on it. Everybody mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, zero to sixty designs. Uh, Kenny Fitzer did uh, the interior of the vehicle. Yeah. And that looks absolutely amazing. So everybody worked really hard on making this vehicle uh, absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I still haven't driven that thing. It's uh, well, I can't wait. Let, let's wait until we get the the tires on it. Yeah. So it's right now sitting at Mark One in in uh, Hillsborough, Oregon. It is, and they're doing the the final touches to it. So. Uh, when it's finally ready, you can actually go to um, uh, Animal Rescue Rigs um, on Facebook or you can go to the website. You can see some pictures of the vehicle in its different iterations. Um, and, of course, you can uh, donate to the charity if you want to help us build rescue rigs. That's something we do for the holiday season. I'm always interested, of course, to find out who you donate to your car charities. There's a lot of car charities out there. Uh, we'll be talking about them over the months coming up to the holiday season to find out who you donate to to uh, give your car charities a little bit of a boost around the holiday season to make sure that all of those there's I, I can think of hundreds of them. I was recently in L.A. and was in a museum that's donated to uh, or pushed towards kids around the holiday season. There is a lot of car charities uh, that help kids uh, that help different people around the holiday season. So. 
Uh, I'd love to hear from you. You, of course, can uh, find our auto expert all across social media on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Just uh, type in O U R A U T O E X P E R T, our auto expert, and you can send us direct messages. We'd love to hear who your very favorite car charity is around the holiday season. Uh, and we can also make sure we mention them as well. It's a good thing to support car charities around the holiday. Don't forget to go and check out Animal Rescue Rigs as well. All right, more. Our auto expert is on the way. Stand by. Here we go. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. This is our Auto Expert radio show. Our Auto Expert is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask a question, just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, I have to tell you, there was an interesting story I noticed in the news this week, which was Disney seems to be unloading their uh, Disney Minnie Mouse minivans into the uh, environment. That means into car dealers. But uh, somebody spotted a whole bunch of Disney minivans for sale at Disney or at a local uh, Chevrolet dealer. However, you have to be careful about jumping to conclusions just because Disneyland happens to have been closed for a while due to COVID-19. It's not true. They happen to have just been in there for service. Disney did reach out to the TV station that started running the story. They had seen the vehicles lined up. They were just in there for service. So if you by chance thought that you could surprise your family with a Minnie Mouse minivan for Christmas, you are sorely out of luck. They are just not available, which is unfortunate for you. But there you go. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I think that would have been not a minivan that I would particularly want. The other thing, too, is I made the horrendous mistake of having a license plate once with my name on. And any time I did anything close to being wrong, everybody knew exactly what I'd done wrong. So if you had a vehicle that looked like Minnie Mouse, the second, the second that you did anything wrong, everybody at the PTA would exactly know who it was regardless and so you would just i would just tell you don't be thinking that you could get away with anything because you would be identified as being the person that couldn't get away with it too so and by the way don't ever get a personalized license plate because you'll be that guy you'll be that person that will be there you just won't be able to get away with it too i i often thought about getting a personalized license plate again but no there you go. Uh, EV markets to see a 10-year boom uh, coming in the future. I think now that we've had a change of government, you might start to see uh, EV cars uh, growing again. Now we have a Democratic president likely to take office on uh, January the 20th. We like to see a doubling down on EV vehicles. Uh, I have been offered uh, EV chargers in my house by uh, companies who would like to see me have an EV charger. So we're likely to see uh, at least those uh, uh, $7,500 credits, federal tax credits. We're likely to see some re-upping in some form or other of that continuing. You're fairly safe to say that you're going to see something happen in that department. It's, uh, it's likely uh, of EV cars uh, getting an increase. 
there are uh, expected to see a huge amount of new EVs uh, coming to market. Uh, the Audi e-tron, which I have to say I've been waiting to drive for the last, just counting on my fingers, two years, two and a, uh, plus years, is finally going to hit my driveway soon. I'll get a chance to uh, see that. But there is expected to be a big boom in uh, EV vehicles as well. So that's likely to happen. Uh, new EV vehicles uh, seeing a boom as far as they are concerned. And of course, uh, lots of companies now feeling more comfortable, although you can't really change the likelihood of uh, EV uh, vehicles, uh, you know, that's unlikely to change. It takes a long time. So uh, it takes a long time to change that direction uh, as far as that is concerned. So EV vehicles too. Now we talked a little earlier about the fact that uh, what vehicle, what uh, charity uh, would you like to honor for the holiday season? Well, Ford, uh, Ford have uh, their charity uh, which is uh, Ford Proud, and uh, they are honoring uh, Ford, uh, honoring uh, people with a $3.5 million program to help mili military charities. And we're glad to uh, welcome Mark Lenave in. He's the vice president of marketing into the U.S. So uh, tell us a little bit, uh, Mark, what is Ford Proud and uh, how are they honoring military charities? Well, thank you. Uh, we started Built Ford Proud as an extension of our community-based programs, uh, Nick, about a year and a half ago. And, you know, we've got a huge history of, of building the vehicles that make America work. And, you know, everything from our first response, we're number one in police vehicles, for example, uh, all any kind of work vehicle with our truck lineup. And, you know, who's harder working, uh, and in many cases, you know, a much bigger sacrifice than our military. Uh, so we extended our built, you know, proud to honor platform into the military. And uh, for the holiday season, uh, what we've done is we've uh, selected uh, seven really good charities, mainly focused around the well-being of our veterans. And I'm going to donate up to five hundred thousand uh, dollars to to each one up for a total three point five million, uh, based off of uh, of. Any of uh, anybody in America going online and using the hashtag proud to honor, we started on Veterans Day. I did it myself. It's super easy. We uh, donate $100 every time we see that or pick that up on our social channels. And it's it's rolling along really well. And uh, we're very proud to, to be able to uh, participate in honor our vets in this small way. Now, you, let's talk about some of the charities that uh, you're involved in. Uh, so there are lots of different charities, and I like this because it doesn't really matter what you're in into. There seems to be almost something for everybody in these charities that you're working with, right? Yeah, exactly. We have a, a great ambassador, military ambassador, retired uh, uh, Army colonel uh, named Vanessa Benson. She was the uh, G. Uh, uh, G1 of the 101st Airborne, I believe, and and she helped us with the with the selection. They're all great charities, but uh, from Blue Star Families uh, to uh, which we know, obviously, uh, for the, uh, for the you know support the families, soldiers give the ultimate sacrifice to uh, things like guitars for vets, uh, where we did a we'll give uh, away guitars uh, for you know uh, music and music lessons for the vets. Uh, we have the Oscar Mike Foundation, which uh, actually helps to get the specialized wheelchairs for the, for the uh, soldiers that have lost a limb or become incapacitated in some way when they return to society to help them gain employment and mobility. Um, 
the Disabled Veteran, American Veterans, uh, Workshop for Warriors, Boulder Crest Foundation, which deals more with mental health. So there is something for everybody. And, uh, you know, we just believe at Ford that we can't do enough uh, to honor, uh, you know, these are these are our, you know, our brothers and sisters who go off and uh, are, you know, willing to write a check with their lives to uh, protect our freedoms and our way of life. And we just don't think there's enough we can do to uh, help honor them, and our dealers are heavily involved. Uh, our 3,100 dealers nationwide, as well, which uh, you know adds to the uh, to the contributions and to the effort we're able to make. What I love is the fact that it's not just about giving things to people who are in need, but it's creating a pathway for these individuals to better themselves. That's a, a perfect example in workshop for uh, workshops for warriors. You know, this is a, a an organization who is taking people and educating them, uh, giving them classes, uh, where, you know, teaching people things like welding. Uh, they have classes for those people who can actually better themselves. Uh, 754 total workshops for warriors, uh, graduates, uh, 754 graduates and counting those people that can actually take themselves from the service. And you can donate to, you know, directly to uh, to your organization, which uh, ends up donating to them, uh, you can watch videos of those people who are actually now learning the skills which take them from warriors to be uh, really great contributors to our society. So that's doing good directly rather than just helping those people with something like you know, something they need right now. It helps them have a life just not from today, but for better in the future as well. Exactly. Uh, you've done your research, obviously. It's a, it's a great uh, a foundation workshop for warriors. Uh, also helps with entrepreneurship for those who want to start a business. And many times they hire their, uh, their fellow veterans. And, uh, you know, in addition to that, you know, I should mention at Ford, we, we employ over 6,000 veterans uh, in our current workforce. And, you know, we're very proud of, uh, of that and we're proud of them. And uh, I also wanted to mention that in conjunction with the Hall of Fame, of which we're a marketing partner with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, who has a, a great tradition as well of, of uh, honoring the military, uh, we've we started a Hall of Heroes uh, at, the, at the Hall of Fame. And um, the first inductee where we're honoring both veterans and, and people that help veterans. And uh, we, Jim Kelly, the Buffalo Bills, helped us with the first induction uh, for um, – Kathy Roth Duquette, who started, actually started Blue, uh, Blue Star Families off of a piece of paper, literally nothing, has built it into a great organization. And Jim Kelly knocked on our door, and we donated $10,000 to Blue Star Families. And we're going to have uh, several more uh, that are going to be entered into the Hall of Fame. actually be a display that you'll be able to see in Canton, Ohio, when it, when it reopens. And it's uh, a way that we're able, to your, to your point, get other folks involved in uh, – you know, spread the goodwill around, around, you know, really honoring and, and taking care of uh, our, you know, our active service and our, and our veterans that, that do so much for us. Yeah, that this sounds absolutely amazing. And uh, congratulations on uh, on doing something so amazing for our, uh, our veterans. 3.5 million is uh, ab absolutely nothing to sniff at. It's an amazing contribution. And we can do nothing better than honor these members of our society. For every uh, person who shares a post on social media reflecting their pride in a member of the U.S. military using the hashtag proud to honor 
Ford will donate $100 to be split evenly between seven Ford Proud to honor military charities up to $3.5 million through December 31st, 2020. I cannot encourage you more to do it. I am proud, proud of Ford to honor these people, and I will be doing that as soon as we get off air today. I can't thank you enough, and I am very honored to be able to honor these members of the ministry. Thank you for joining us on today's show. There is more Our Auto Expert on the way. Please honor our military. It's the best that you could possibly do. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Your smart speaker can be your radio. Just say, hey Google, hey Alexa, or hey Siri, our auto expert radio show. Play them all. And all the previous episodes of the podcast are available. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our auto expert radio show. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Our auto expert. Uh, joining us is Perry Stern. Now, Perry, of course, you may know from our auto expert radio show right here, but you also may know Perry from uh, MSN Autos or uh, ourautoexpert.com, where he writes many of the articles that you read so, I would say, regularly every yes. day. So regularly every day. Uh, Perry, there is a new Jeep in town, this Jeep, or soon to be in town, this Jeep Wrangler Rubicon 392 concept is going to have insane amount of power. Uh, this is probably all down to the fact that Tim Kaniskas, who is the head of Dodge, then went to Jeep for a while, then went back to Dodge, had his fingers dabbling in the powerful pie of Jeep and seems to have upped the ante at Jeep and given it a little bit of uh, nitrous, let's say. Uh, is it crazy to put so much power under the hood of a jeep of course not (laughs) (laughs) silly silly you nick what are you thinking nick you silly boy i mean it's and and the interesting thing is that they did introduce a concept you know coincidentally on the day the bronco was unveiled uh showing you know putting a big v8 into a jeep wrangler and since then they've actually come out with the production version which has more horsepower than the concept did Oh. So this thing's going to put out 470 horsepower, 470 horsepower in a Wrangler. Yeah. Um, how fast? <laughs> you, how fast is it going? To, or three? Is this the, still the 6.4 liter V8? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's uh, it's not you know it's not a Hellcat, so it's not supercharged. You know that they've got to upgrade to something at some point. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's going to it doesn't lose any of that off road capability. You know it's it matter of fact it's on the Rubicon and it's actually higher than the standard Rubicon, so it has more ground clearance, uh, reportedly because the engine took up enough space that they needed to raise the whole thing up. Of course they so did. They keep the same ground clearance. <laughs> Except it does three miles a gallon. Is that right? <laughs> At best, probably, but, you know, who cares? <laughs> yeah, who cares? <laughs> it has 470 horsepower. Uh, do, do we know much about the stats on it? Are they releasing those? I believe they said that zero to 60 would be about, was it four and a half seconds or so, something like that. In a random. Um, I mean, it's, it's uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's got uh, two inches higher than a standard Wrangler. So it's, I think, 11 inches of ground clearance. Right. So it's, you know, has all the Jeep qualities and it has, and it's also all wheel drive all the time. So it's quick off the line. If you're looking for that in a Wrangler, yeah, I mean, um, there's there's sort of two things here. There's an oxymoron, <coughs> and then and then there's then there's 
kind of some some crazy things. So the oxymoron is clearly you need to go zero to sixty in four point five seconds when you're off roading. Of course, clearly. Duh. Uh, but at the, at, you got to get there fast. Right. That's right. At the same time. With the weight, you know, everything on a Jeep is twice as thick as it is on, on most off-road vehicles to make sure that it can take the knocks, the hits, the bumps, the, the, the jumps, the falls, and stay in good shape. So it has the weight, which means that 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds, it's going to have stability, which means that it's not, you know, it's, it's going to have well-planted 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds. It's going to be solid, a solid ride. So there's that going in its favor. But uh, do you think I mean, people... they, did, they did test it also at the drag strip in addition to testing on the Rubicon Trail. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting at, uh, when we have uh, the event in the summer in Dearborn that they do. And I'm trying to think of what it's called. Something Nights. Uh, what's new? No, no, no the roadkill nights. Roadkill nights. When they have roadkill oh, okay. nights in Dearborn, when they when they take uh, Woodward and they sanction part mm-hmm. of it off and they do the drag racing, it's going to be interesting to see the Wranglers do drag racing. No, which you know is going to happen. You can see. I do it. You can see it coming. You can see it yeah, coming. Yeah, right next to the TRX Ram pickup truck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's going to be a different time that we live through. And people wearing masks at the same time while they do it. It's going to be a different time. Uh, maybe by that time we won't. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, well, that would be wonderful. Uh, that would be something to wish for. What cracks me up is they come out with this vehicle, and then they come out with the, the 4XE kind of around the same time. It's kind of like, which would you pick? Well, you have to think about this, too. And, I mean, Perry, you would probably agree with me. The Germans have been making... You know, something like the BMW X5 for every single person for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been making variants of these vehicles for every lifestyle. Plug-ins, non-plug-ins, you know, basics, like super luxury. I mean, they've been making variants of their vehicles for years and years and years for every different lifestyle. Now the Americans are doing it. They're really only catching up with their European partners, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it makes sense to slice and dice as much as you can because if you've done all of the all of the development work and you you know for example for the wrangler i mean the development work is done i mean obviously they had to make some adjustments to put a big engine in it they also had to make some adjustments to put a hybrid powertrain in it but the you know the bulk of it is already there right and so you know if they can make something that you know will be will appeal to people that are looking to go off-roading in complete silence in the 4xe you know in pure electric mode or if they want something that, you know, there's going to be no animals around you because you're going to scare them to death with the roar of a big V8, you know, whichever way you want to go, they're going to have something for you. Right. In contrast to this, they now have quite a family of diesels over at Wrangler, mm-hmm. including now a, a Gladiator diesel and a, a, a Gladiator Rubicon diesel. It's kind of interesting that diesel being the largest growing segment of alternative fuels during the pandemic, uh, which is going to be the favorite? I'm wondering whether diesels or the most powerful vehicles, I mean, which, whichever. I mean, it's nice to see that people are still bringing out exciting vehicles under the pandemic, right? It is, absolutely. And, and I did have a chance to take the diesel uh, Gladiator out and it's impressive. It's got tons of torque, so it, you know it feels quick off the line. Uh, and I got you know going on road and off road uh, for quite a while. I got about twenty four miles per gallon. That's really good. So you know in a Wrangler that's, or a Gladiator, yeah. that's not bad. Uh-uh. I hate to sound super lame, but I'm actually <laughs> looking forward to the four XE because where I can do twenty five miles on just electricity in a Wrangler. That's why I was curious. Out of the three, which which would you prefer? 
I don't know yet. I have to drive the 4XE, which unfortunately has been postponed until next year. But ultimately... I mean, I think that's, that's the great thing about this business is I can be excited about driving a pure electric 4XE off-road as well as a 392 470 horsepower Wrangler off-road because right. they're both cool. Don't we just have the best job ever, Perry? <laughs> Uh, it does feel that way sometimes. It, yeah, it does. And and <laughs> and I'm completely shallow because every week I want something new and different. And then next week I and change my mind. And the nice thing is you get it. And yes, you get it. And then you you know next week you have something else. I'm so shallow. I just worry about yeah, myself well. sometimes. I'm so shallow. Oh look, something shiny. Oh look, something shiny. Oh look, something shiny. It's the perfect job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have to make the squirrel mentality. (laughs) I don't have to make any commitments. Life is perfect. Perry Stern, you can read a majority of his stuff either at MSN Autos or at Our Auto Expert. You're a genius, Perry. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Love to read your stuff. Uh, Perry Stern talking about the brand new Jeep Wrangler 392 and, of course, the Gladiator Rubicon Diesel. Many more of his articles at OurAutoExpert.com. See you next time. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.